Welcome to TFL's Capital Connection, and what a week we had. I'm not kidding you. I'm giddy. Tuesday night was the bomb. Rebecca, <laughs> Rebecca, thank you so, so, so much. I was really nervous. Tuesday night, we celebrated. We honored legislators and the attorney general, and we heard from the chief lawyer for the governor who had earlier that day presented a fabulous argument in front of the Iowa Supreme Court on the Harvey Law, which would save thousands and thousands of Iowa babies' lives every year. So I got to tell you, I'm still on a high from Tuesday night, even though I'm tired. But we had another cool thing happen today, just came from the governor's office. She signed a proclamation for Abortion Recovery Month, meaning there are some great Christian ministries in the state that help ladies who have gone through abortions. A lot of women have had abortions, and a lot of them regret it. And so there's some fabulous ministries. The governor recognizes that, honors it, and uh, that was that was another highlight this week. And then in legislation, Rebecca, Moms is still alive. We're it gonna, is. We're working on it. So we're going to give you an update on that. And so um, why don't we just jump in with both feet, folks, to this heartbeat thing. Some of our listeners don't know what that is. Danny, you want to explain what the law is and what the courts have done from a layman's perspective. And if you get it wrong, I'll come in as the lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy, Chuck. You know, um, you you and three other lawyers were up there Tuesday night talking about this, these oral arguments. Yeah. Do you realize that four lawyers ran the batteries dead on five microphones? <laughs> it was almost quite boring. It was almost not there's, quite. There's I got to thinking about that after his own way. I, t- I said to my, you know, how many lawyers does it take to run the batteries down on five microphones? Four. <laughs> how did you do that? Well, fortunately, uh, Chris Shandevel really impressed all of us, with his arguments before the Supreme Court. That was the first time I had attended oral arguments in a a, uh, Supreme Court setting like that. First time I'd ever even been in that uh, Supreme Court chamber. And I got to tell you, Chuck, just in all all candor, I went in there with a little bit of a bad attitude. (laughs) (laughs) They told us before we got on this podcast, you're supposed to smile because somehow you people can hear a smile. I don't (laughs) smile, Danny. Danny, look at me. Okay, I'm smiling. Does that? Does that? (laughs) I get I get tired of lawyers and judges wordsmithing and dancing around phrases and so on. How how hard is it? To simply understand that life begins at conception. Amen, brother. And now go conduct yourselves accordingly. Amen. But I want to tell you, if I ever have to go before the Supreme Court, I want Chris Chandeville <laughs> defending oh, me. He was, yes. he, was he was he was on his game, and he was aided by um, the, the other two attorneys that were running down batteries. Um, <laughs> Alan Ostergren. Al- Alan Ostergren. Kirkwood yeah, Institute. Yeah, and Sam Langholz. And I did not realize how many hours of preparation those folks go through practicing. You know, uh, Alan said they spent like an hour and a half one time peppering Chris with every kind of question that uh, they could think of. Just on uh, the making sweat. Just on the voidness issue. They practice way more than that. But just on the voidness issue. But but to to bring our people up to speed just real quick. Heartbeat was passed in 2018. Yep. about this time of the year, actually a couple of weeks later, around the first of May, May in 2018, yep. it was promptly enjoined. I know that word, Chuck. See, enjoined. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
That's enjoyed the, or enjoined? Enjoined. Okay. That's the uh, what's that's uh, the verb of uh, injunction. Yeah, something like that. It See, just I, means stop it. I I paid attention to English class, okay. and um, it's been there ever since. In the meantime, as we know, Roe has been overturned, and a 2018 decision by uh, uh, this same court yeah. uh, changed what uh, what Justice Katie had written uh, uh, about a fundamental right to abortion. So now uh, Governor Reynolds comes back and appeals that district court uh, decision, and that's what we heard. And interesting, she was sitting right on the front row the whole time, you know, uh, she, listening along with uh, Brenna Bird, our new attorney general. How how cool was that to see uh, two pro-life statewide office holders, a governor and an attorney general, sitting on the front row as the heartbeat case was being argued? You know, that was quite a moment. That was quite a moment. Elections matter, don't they? Yeah. Brenna Bird yeah. uh, replaced a forty-year entrenched Democrat incumbent who. Uh, cheered Roe v. Wade and decried the Dobbs case. So huge, huge change at the attorney general's office. And you realize Governor Reynolds barely beat the planned parenthood former chairman, Fred Mm -hmm. Hubble, in 2018, signed the heartbeat law just a few months before that election. And a lot of Democrats won that night, but she uh, ousted. she, She beat Fred Hubble, who way outspent her. He's a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. So, um, so gratifying, Danny. I can't agree with you more to well, see them in the Hopefully it was persuasive that we had so many legislators signed on the amicus brief. Okay. Um, you could talk about that, Chuck, because uh, um, you, uh, you were instrumental in getting uh, how many signatures? 62, 62 Iowa legislators. 62 mm-hmm. signed that brief, which uh, Tuesday night, when we mentioned it, the crowd was mm-hmm. extremely appreciative. Mm-hmm. Look, judges are people, too, and they understand there's three branches of government, the governor, the legislature, and the courts, and they're supposed to stay in their own lanes. But there's some synergy. For example, the legislature has to appropriate the money for the judges, and the confirmation of judges or the nomination of judges is by the governor. And so there's interplay. And so even though our system is a little bit messier than just a dictator king that calls all the shots, it's proven to be a great model. And so for the judges to know that the governor and the attorney general and 62, actually 78 legislators signed a brief, 62 signed our TFL brief, 16 more signed the Senate brief. And so the legislators really stepped up on this case, and that is very impactful. You would you would have to think that would uh, make a statement to the court. It absolutely does. Um, a lot of the arguments centered around two concepts that might be uh, uh, a bit foreign to our listeners: uh, rational basis and undue burden. Uh, the district court essentially said that the heartbeat case presented an undue burden on a woman wanting to get an abortion. Mm-hmm. Chris argued that that, uh, that standard, that test should no longer apply. Right. And instead, rational basis should be applied. Yep. Um, when this Supreme Court hands down their decision sometime between now and the end of June, 
Is that what we should be hoping for, Chuck, that they would say that they would agree with Christian DeVell's argument? Absolutely. That, yes, a rational basis is what we're going to apply. And therefore, the, the law should stand because it passes that test. The yep. legislature, in effect, had a rational basis for saying you cannot get an abortion in Iowa once that little girl has a heartbeat. Right. Yeah, uh, that's really the, the crux of the abortion battle around the country now. Thanks to the Dobbs decision, states have been told by the U.S. Supreme Court that the U.S. Constitution allows states to protect babies. And it's rational to protect babies because we have, I mean, it's been rational since the beginning of time. We all know that that child in her mother's womb, she's a baby. Okay, we all know that. But with ultrasound and DNA and all the cool new technology, it's so abundantly clear that there's no question, folks, that protecting babies from abortion is rational. But the problem was, as you stated, Danny, for years and years, for 49 and a half years, uh, there was this supposed fundamental constitutional right to kill babies. And that's gone now. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Uh, we will be sending out our report. Um, you can listen to those arguments. I think we'll have a link in our uh, in our uh, reporting where mm-hmm. you could listen to. It was about twenty minutes on each side. It's it's not it's not drawn out. No. I, that was one thing that surprised me. Or again, I did because I didn't think about it. But um, the judges don't just let the lawyers drone on and on and on and run batteries down on microphones, do they? They uh, they get them in and get them out. So that's right. Yeah. So. Turn in the corner. Uh, we do want you to listen. We want you to contact us with questions. It's a fascinating um, process that we've been a part of, but it's more than fascinating. It's life and death. There's thousands of babies' lives at stake. So thank you for making it possible for the family leader to draft a brief and to seek out 62 legislators to sign on to it and to be in the courtroom and then to invite Chris Chandevel and the attorney general's key lawyers to an event that we had Tuesday night, and I would just like a perspective from one of our newest family leader leaders, Kristen Phillips. You lead the advancement department, mm. and just tell us how you what what what'd you get from Tuesday night. Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for inviting me to sit on today. It's a joy and a pleasure to be part of this um, Tuesday night. So yeah, it was my first real event held um, that I got to be a part of and, and uh, invite some people. And my invita- invitations were strategic because I wanted to invite the friends that I knew um, who knew of the family leader, but didn't really know maybe the the relationship, the deep relationships and the impact that we have at the family leader with our government downtown. And so I felt like this would be an opportune time because you were honoring those relationships that both you, you know, Danny and and Chuck and Rebecca, and then now Ryan um, are cultivating, nurturing over all these years, especially Danny, you and Chuck. Um, And I I wanted, I felt like the, it would demonstrate the two things. One, the relationship that we as the family leader have downtown with the legislators and the work that we do. Mm -hmm. 
and the impact that it's having, mm. but then also the national relationships. So um, being Alliance Defending Freedom with Chris Shandivel, um, many people know of them and support them. And I wanted to show that they they value us and we value them. And then the other was um, Adam Schwend from Susan B. Anthony Pro-Life America sit at my table and it was a joy. He, he drove in from Nebraska and uh, it was just a great conversation because we're like-minded, we're aligned with these national um, uh, organizations and it was just a, a, a really honoring time. I believe from, um, you could tell that the, uh, the elected officials felt very cared for, they felt honored and they wanted to be there from my perspective. Well, thanks for sharing that. You know, when Danny and I were up front and trying to remember to do this and that and, you know, keep the thing on time and all that, it's just hard to take all that in. But I appreciate your perspective on that. And Kristen and and the rest of you might be interested to know, I just got off the phone with Adam Schwent, and he was very ecstatic about the event. Uh, SBA Pro-Life America is a tremendous partner. I was calling him for, for help. I ran into a legislator and they needed some, uh, actually I ran into a media person, like one of the top media people in the whole state of Iowa, who's putting out some bad information about Tuesday's um, court proceedings. And so Adam Schwen sent me some stuff. I mean, they're just great partners. And then for ADF to be the lead attorney in this super important case, ADF has been helping us over and over and over. And I need to call ADF later today because I have... Two more things that I need help from. So that national partnership, thanks for mentioning that, because I was focusing more on the legislators in the room, but really it's both. It, it is. It's Iowa mm-hmm. government officials, national partners, and most of all, it's trying to glorify God mm-hmm. by passing good legislation. We had a chance Tuesday night to mention half a dozen or a dozen key pieces of legislation that have passed in the last few years. So we have a lot to celebrate. Praise the Lord. And as we... Come around to home plate here to finish up the um, podcast. Becca, moms, moms is a big deal. Mm-hmm. How are we doing on moms? You're our moms expert. Are, you're not a mom yet. <laughs> I am not. Okay, am but not. one of these days. Don't get Danny started. So we're going to shut Danny's mic off now so he has no more opinions for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> okay. if there's any single young men out there, give me a call. This could be very worthwhile. All right, moving on. The moms bill is moms. alive and well and moving forward. Um, we're getting down to the wire. Got told that the Senate is planning on a German on April 29th. They are okay. moving forward as if... Life is good and well. Um, Moms is in the budget. We just have to hopefully watch that come to the governor's desk, and then I'll finally brief alive and well. So um, for those of you who don't remember, though, Moms is the More Options for Maternal Support um, Mm -hmm. Act, just helping fund mothers in that time of crisis, the money um, that goes to the pregnancy centers here in the state um, through a grant process. Through pregnancy centers, Uh, meaning centers. centers that help women care for their baby. Yep. Yeah, the program was specifically set up with language and to ensure that Planned Parenthood can't receive any of the funding. They had to be a life-affirming, supporting life um, affirming. organization. Okay, so. so those of you who have been here for a long time know that one of the biggest struggles in the last six or eight years has been trying to get taxpayer money away from abortionists, mm-hmm. and we've succeeded. Mm-hmm. And now the money is going to help women keep their babies 
exactly. What a magnificent shift in goals and priorities and for our also state Also included in the legislation this year is a fatherhood initiative. Um, Governor yeah. Reynolds has been very uh, yeah. interested and determined to lead on that uh, yeah. aspect. Yeah. Uh, last year, you'll remember, uh, the legislature appropriated $500,000 to get the mom's program up and running. Mm-hmm. And now um, they'll probably increase that to $2 million. Correct. And a portion of that will go to reach out to fathers and get them involved. Amen. Uh, makes perfect sense yep. uh, that 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 mm-hmm. should happen. So, um, yeah, we're we're optimistic about this uh, yeah. this emerging program that assumes that moms and dads want help in taking care of their babies. That kind of fits with the name of our ministry. Mm-hmm. Family, Family is our middle name. It yeah. is. So, God bless you for listening to TFL's Capital Connection, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is a project of the Family Leader and the Family Leader Foundation and is only possible through the generous support of our donors. If you would like to partner with us in our work, please visit thefamilyleader.com slash donate.